Well, that music can only really mean one thing. It's time for Near Perfect Pitch. Uh, that is, of course, unless you're listening to the, the track Concerned by Teenage Fan Club in a separate capacity. But odds on, you're listening to this show. Um, thanks for joining me for episode 14. Lots to get to this week. We've got a load of uh, new releases, as you'd probably expect. Uh, whether I'll get to them or not is entirely debatable. Um, some football bants, some music bants, the usual features. We've got the obligatory fall track. We've got uh, we've got uh, our Gits feature, Get in the Sea. We've got our Tinterweb feature. We've got Cover Me. We've got all sorts, all sorts. And we've got an absolutely fantastic interview with uh, Conrad Lambert, fresh from his new LP. We're going to be talking about... Uh, all aspects of what makes him tick um, and uh, talk about his past work, his future work. Uh, very, very interesting chap, but I've not spoke with Conrad for a long old while. It was really, really nice to catch up with him. In the interim, we're going to hear some Brassy from Manchester.
It tends to do that for the next 30 seconds or so. That's uh, Noel Gallagher's 2016 Rethink mix of Do You Know What I Mean? Now, the uh, the record itself, uh, the, uh, the LP, Be Here Now, is, uh, is being re-released with a ton of uh, extra tracks and uh, there are numerous formats uh, depending on uh, uh, your financial liquidity it's going to determine which uh, which format you can afford um, these uh, well they come in vinyl formats you know you can get the you can get the sign signed this that the other you can get one of Noel's hairs all the usual nonsense right uh, but uh, if you do uh, pre-order the record from the usual sites um, you do get this particular track as a download. Granted, it's an MP3, uh, but it's uh, it's going to do for now before the record comes out uh, uh, towards the latter part of this year, and the links will be in the show notes, as per usual. Um, coming up, we're going to be playing uh, something uh, for Melissa in Boston. We're going to stay in Manchester. We're going to hear something by... Uh, uh, by a chap called uh, Gerald Simpson, um, who you're more familiar with as, as a guy called Cher- uh, Gerald. Uh, 1988's uh, anthemic acid house uh, track Voodoo Ray. That's uh, that's coming up. But before that, wanted to uh, remind you of uh, the ways and means by which you can get in touch with me at the programme. You can uh, email me at nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. That will be forever the email address. Um, you can follow us uh, through all the usual social media uh, platforms for uh, for Twitter and Snapchat. Uh, they're both near Perth Pitch. Uh, SoundCloud has its own page, as does Facebook, Tumblr, and the video uh, site uh, Vimeo. And uh, Snapchat's near Perth Pitch as well. Oh, I did mention that, didn't I? I'm repeating myself. And Instagram. Can't keep track of all these uh, these social media uh, platforms we've got. Instagram is near Perfect Pitch. So do participate. Uh, and uh, the track forthcoming is a request, which, which does prove that I do read the email and pay attention to them. I'm not going to play every request because there has to be some kind of musical filter. And that's my job to curate that stuff. It's about the only prerogative I've got, really. So uh, anyway, Melissa happens to have good taste. Hence uh, me playing uh, the track uh, by a guy called Gerald in the next uh, couple of minutes. I'm going to hear some new stuff uh, from uh, The Big Pink. I'm going to hear something uh, from uh, from Suede, from their latest record. We will also be hearing uh, with the interview towards the end of the show uh, when we're speaking to, uh, to Conrad Lambert from Mertz. We'll be playing uh, something off his new record as well as something from uh, his first LP. Big, big gap between the two uh, the two records and uh, you'll see, uh, well, you'll be able to pass judgment on, uh, on how Conrad has uh, developed his craft and uh, matured as an artist. Wonderful stuff. You can also expect to hear some Anne Clark, uh, Something from uh, The View, uh, requests for some Blind Mr. Jones, some Eye Monster, some Stump, the usual fall track. There's going to be uh, some uh, some shoegazy stuff uh, coming up, some Voice of the Beehive, some Paris Angels, some very, very good stuff. We're going to get uh, to all of that within the next uh, three to three and a half hours, depending on how uh, on how the ticker goes here in terms of how long the show's going to be. Um, what else was I going to mention to you? Oh, yeah, there'll be some football shenanigans as well, a lot of, pre- lot of pre-season uh, stuff going on, uh, and uh, the league, well, the, the League Cup and uh, the programme has started in earnest in Scotland. But uh, California and America is where the main matches are being played for uh, some some rather large European clubs. And uh, they are playing today uh, and will be playing for the next uh, two or three days until they have to go back and get into uh, the swing of things uh, in their own neck of the woods, in their own training grounds. Anyway, oh, also coming up, um, 
God bless them all. Uh, Viola Beach, uh, their new record was released very, very recently. We're going to be playing something from uh, from the record uh, and uh, remembering those uh, those lads uh, who were uh, who were taken away from us at a very, very, very young age.
Suede. You've probably heard of them, haven't you? Uh, that's uh, like kids from their uh, latest long player, uh, which is actually brilliant. It really is a uh, return to form uh, for Suede. And uh, I'm very happy about that because they were something in their day. I was very lucky at, at one point to uh, follow them around on, on their tour and uh, spend a lot of time with them in the, in the 90s. And uh, it was an immense amount of fun. That's from the album Night Thoughts. And again, that is uh, like kids. I did uh, neglect to tell you who we played uh, at the top of the programme. It was Brassy, um, fronted by uh, John Spencer of John Spencer Blues Explosion's uh, uh, sister. Uh, I'm not uh, sure if it's her birth name or not, uh, but she is uh, named Muffin Spencer. There you are. And uh, they released two records on the Ouija label from London, uh, named after the, uh, the postal code where, uh, where they reside. So there you have it. So you're up to date. We've heard some Suede, guy called Gerald from Melissa. We've heard uh, some new Oasis, which is a tease for the forthcoming uh, re-release of Be Here Now. And we heard Brassy. That's some good gear. Here's some Eye Monster. the flowers for a couple of hours on a beautiful day. Daydream, I dream of you amid the flowers for a couple of hours. Such a beautiful day.
you call me with one hand I'm still with one hand you call me with one hand I'm still people are fragile things you should know by From a 2008 BBC Live Lounge session, that is uh, R.E.M. Uh, and their take of the editor's uh, Munich, which I think is rather good. That's our cover me uh, of the week. But uh, you're in for a treat. There's another one, and by another one I mean another cover version, uh, coming up uh, later in the programme. Uh, and that'll be uh, by uh, by the fall. So we'll be doing our obligatory fall oh, track, uh, and it will also be a cover version. So double whammy, as they say. And uh, before that, uh, hearing hearing REM's take on uh, the editors, we heard uh, something new from The Big Pink. Uh, I put uh, on the show notes the link to their uh, Bandcamp page where you can buy the single Empire Underground, which I played for you. Uh, you can also buy limited edition uh, vinyl uh, CD formats. Uh, all the formats come with uh, downloadable uh, digital uh, properties as well, even limited uh, T-shirts. So do have a look at um, their uh, page, uh, the Big Pink's page on Bandcamp. You'll see uh, all the uh, various uh, uh, various incarnations of the record that you can buy, and uh, you can follow them. It's it's their uh, it's their first work for about four years, I think. So it's good to have them back. I do like the Big Pink? Um, what we're going to hear next? Let's see. Oh, you're going to hear something by the View. That's what we're going to hear. Uh, but before that, I want to remind you that um, obviously, uh, if you're listening to this, you've you've found you've sourced the program through uh, through whatever means. Uh, there are very easy ways to, to find the program. You can uh, go to uh, nearperfectpitch.podbean.com. That's where uh, all the uh, delicious notes that I slave over are housed. So you can see all the songs I played and all the hashtags and all the all the links will be posted in uh, in the uh, the appropriate place on the Podbean page, which is uh, which is great. We've got to host your podcast somewhere, but it's available all over the place. So uh, don't forget that uh, if you don't want to do that and you're on the on the fly on the move, you've got iTunes, you've got Google Play, you've got uh, Blurberry, which is B L U B R R Y. There's an absence of uh, a couple of vowels there that would uh, normally be there. Uh, Stitcher and uh, TuneIn Radio, but also it's like Ginsu knives, isn't it? But wait, there's more. 
If you order now, um, you can listen to us uh, at uh, the URL ckcufm.com. CKCUFM is Canada's uh, oldest, best uh, uh, community radio station, bar none really, 93.1 FM in uh, the Ottawa broadcast area. Anywhere else on God's green earth, you can listen to us online at ckcufm.com, as I just said. So um, you can also find the podcast there. That's where I was going with that. But also I have to extend my thanks to the station for allowing me to record in their lovely studio uh, where I used to uh, broadcast uh, my own show for many, many years and uh, for allowing me to uh, operate under their license, a license which allows me to play you songs that are not Muzak versions of said songs, i.e. the real deal. So there you have it. So um, be prepared in November-ish for me to uh, be asking you to stump up because this uh, this podcast is is gratis uh, to to you the end user which which is fine which is, which is how it's supposed to be. Uh, however, CKCU is an institution that relies upon uh, an inordinate amount of volunteers to to uh, to function to operate. And that's not just uh, hosting the shows. There's a, a a ton of stuff that needs to go on here administratively and uh, and otherwise uh, production wise. You name it. Uh, and uh, the staff here are a fantastic bunch of people. So uh, I will be asking you, come funding drive, to uh, send them a few quid or a few dollars. Speaking of a few quid or a few dollars, I just wanted to mention to you that uh, that uh, particular uh, package uh, by uh, the Big Pink uh, Empire Underground, if you just buy the the regular downloadable, you can get an MP3 format or a FLAC format, $4. You know, it makes sense, don't you? Support, support the support the artists. Um, what are we going to hear? Oh, I did mention that we're going to hear the view, didn't I? Uh, and then what we're we going to do after that? I think we might hear some voice of the Beehive. We'll have to wait and see, won't we?
the beat of lovers a nasty one It's a flame from the devil's fire Cause nothing is stronger than boys in their eyes And this horseman you know is a liar It's just the beat of love 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 The beat of love is a nasty one They promise you heaven, they promise you fun And the next thing you know you are dead on the floor And you think you're in love, oh heaven's above It's the beat of love It's just the beat of love It's just the beat of love It's just the beat of love You take my mind and you cheat it You take my body and heat it Then you take my heart and you beat it And the beat of love goes on You take my mind and you cheat it You take my body and heat it Then you take my heart and you beat it And the beat of love stuff that's voice of the beehive that is a uh, a dedication of sorts that's for pete in uh, in london you know who you are and uh, you know why i'm playing it uh voice of the beehive what a band an odd an odd outfit um one of them was going out with uh, steve mack uh, for the longest time steve mack from uh, that petrol emotion used to see them at gigs together 
and um, they had three records and they've since gone back to their uh, formative careers. Uh, one's teaching, another one has a shop, I believe, in uh, in, in California. But uh, they did have a lot of success in the uh, in the early 80s, uh, sorry, late 80s, early 90s, uh, and uh, released three albums, as I said. This is uh, from the first record called Let It Be, uh, play on words of Buzz 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 B, um, and the drummer was Woody from Madness. Bit of a bit of info for you. Anyway, a nice bit of pop there for you. And before Voice of the Rehab, we heard uh, from Dundee, you heard The View from their fifth record, uh, and that's a song called Under the Rug. Uh, and I did neglect to tell you, I'm doing this a lot of times, I'm forgetting to uh, tell you what I played, but the I Monster track that I played is, uh, it's a nifty little tune because it uses a sample that has been sampled uh, uh, a lot by a really obscure um, a Dutch band called uh, The Wallace Collection, uh, a song that released in 1968 um, uh, entitled Daydream. And uh, the song has since been sampled by the likes of, uh, of uh, Portishead, amongst others, uh, but probably most successfully by uh, I Monster. And that does appear on I Monster's first record, which you can actually download for free. Not very easy to find. Uh, but it's an official free download. Uh, it's called uh, These Are Our Children from 1998. A lot of that material was uh, retooled, repurposed for um, 2003's Never Odd or Even, all one word, that is. Uh, and uh, that's where another version of the single that I played resides. So there you are. I think that is us all up to date for now. So here's some uh, The Vaccines.
That's the remarkable and unique Sega Rose from 19... What am I talking about? It's from not 19, nothing. It's from uh, 2005's Tack album. And that's the second track of uh, the LP. And that is called uh, Glossary. And uh, my Icelandic accent is not uh, remotely fine-tuned. But that is a dedication to Megan, who I know loves said track. Have you heard of Anne Clark? Not many people have, uh, despite her having 20 20, uh, LPs, uh, about uh, the same amount uh, of of singles, uh, and uh, remarkably 10 compilation albums and two videos as well. Uh, Anne Clark started uh, recording in uh, in 1982, and she's essentially an electronic musician slash uh, poetess. And this one uh, particular song has stuck with me for, for many, many years, and I can't even begin to tell you why. Uh, it's from 1987's Hopeless Cases LP, which uh, was released on Virgin Records. And this is a particular track called Hope Road. And uh, again... I hope you like it as much as I do, but I can't explain quite why. Thank you. 
pyramids were in construction. The pharaoh glowed with satisfaction. But then to his immense surprise, his empire fell before his eyes. A hundred thousand busy slaves down their tools and stones. Like the canyon, the pharaoh pulled up in his wagon and saw within those walls of glass a herd of whales go racing past. A hundred thousand fishy tales crossed his mind about the days of his day. Then Charlton Heston put his vest on. Had been mended. The golden calf had been upended. And old folks sitting round the fire would talk of voices from the sky. Baby sailing down the Nile, the recipe for locust pie. A hundred thousand francs per mile. We'd always ask them to describe. How Charlton Heston put his vest on. Shall not kill, thou shalt not steal, shall not commit adultery. Boils the size of 50p, lights, camel, action, bushes that refuse to burn. See these sandals hardly worn, raining blood, raining bread. The night we painted Egypt red, thou shalt not covet, shalt not lie, thou shalt not bonk your neighbor's wife. The recipe for egg right lice, a hundred ways to kill a fly. Love your daddy, love your mummy, put your bread in. Loved his fish, he did, he did Never beat the wife and kids Out through deserts, out through sand Until we reach the promised land Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal Shalt not commit adultery Boils the size of 50p Lights, camel, action, camel, action tune is that that's uh charlton eston put his vest on and that is uh, a single and uh, an album track off their second lp called a fierce pancake um that was on christmas records i do like them uh very very sad uh, to hear of the passing of mick lynch uh, the uh, the front man of, of stump who died uh, uh, just before Christmas uh, in uh, well, the last year. If you are looking for their first record, it's rather hard to get your hands on. Uh, the mini LP called uh, Quirk Out. Uh, but there is an immense uh, a box set uh, that Sanctuary released, which I uh, I did uh, part 
with uh, a load of, load of dosh for uh, s- some time ago, and uh, that really is the definitive stump collection with all remixes and versions and peel sessions and live and, and such like, as you'd probably expect from <coughs> a, uh, a large multi-CD box compilation. Right, so what we're going to do next... I've got something queued up. I've got some uh, Viola Beach. I'll talk more about them uh, after the next set. So uh, we'll hear something from them. And after we hear some Viola Beach, we're going to go straight in to something by the fall. And then there'll be some more chit-chat.
If I hadn't set that one up for you, you would have uh, very quickly sussed 
that that is uh, Marquis Smith and the fall. That is um, obviously it's a, it's a Beatles song, um, but um, it, it appeared first on uh, 1988's uh, compilation as uh, produced by the New Musical Express. Uh, an LP called Sergeant Pepper Knew My Father, a tribute to uh, the Sergeant Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band record, uh, and featured the likes of The Fall, uh, Three Wise Men, The Triffids, Michelle Shock doing a great version of Lovely Rita, got Courtney Pine doing When I'm 64, there's some Sonic Youth, uh, some some Pure Magic by uh, Frank Sidebottom, uh, Billy Bragg with Cara Tivy on, uh, on the Ivories, Hue and Cry, there's a wedding present with Amelia Fletcher, uh, with uh, some added vocals there from from Heavenly, uh, the Christians wet wet wet, and uh, another version uh, of uh, Sergeant Pepper by uh, the Three Wise Men. Um, there were only a hundred CDs of this produced, and I managed to get my hands on one, and uh, it's in the safe, as it were. Uh, I've got the LP, and uh, uh, the, the full track has appeared on a couple of compilations, one of which is a Castle compilation uh, from 1993, um, simply entitled The Collection, a 19-track introduction uh, to The Fall. Uh, and I must admit that the, the choice of tracks are rather bizarre in terms of uh, uh, them not really being a brilliant introduction uh, to the, uh, the wonderful world of The Fall. So that's what we heard. Uh, and before that, we heard uh, from Viola Beach... Uh, the uh, the lads from Warrington who who sadly, um, uh, well their car their car uh, overturned when they were uh, uh, touring in Europe, uh, and uh, the net result is that uh, all, all members of the band uh, passed away, uh, and that was just as recently as, as February I believe this year, and it happened in Sweden. Uh, the band had recorded uh, uh, their full-length debut and the song that we heard was actually the first single which did reach number 11 in the charts called called uh, swings and water slides uh, and the second single boys that sing uh, obviously also features on 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 the full length full length record so very very sad but i was uh, very happy to uh, to buy the record this week and uh, Listen, listen to a song which would be the sum total of their work. It's, it's a great little album, and uh, I, I'd, uh, I'd highly recommend picking it up. Viola Beach, bless their hearts. Um, and what did we hear before that? Yeah, we heard some Stump, didn't we? Some Charlton Heston put his best on. A couple of requests to get to uh, before we uh, get into the interview, which this week is with Conrad Lambert, who is, uh, for want of a better uh, term, he is Mertz. He is Mertz, and uh, he's got a new record out. We'll be uh, chit-chatting about that and uh, all things Mertz uh, coming up in, uh, I don't know, I'm looking at how many tracks we've got left here, it'll be about 40, 45 minutes or so. Uh, currently, we are uh, coming at about an hour and 20 minutes so far, so well, we've heard a, a fairly good, diverse array of tunes uh, so far this, this show. So we'll be hearing, uh, coming up next, something uh, by Johnny Marr. Uh, and then we'll see what happens after that and in what order I, I play things. Don't forget uh, to uh, send me uh, an email every now and again with a request. Uh, sometimes uh, my head hurts when I go into the basement and start uh, picking tunes for the programme. Uh, sometimes it's, it's often easier for, for you lot to pick. So this uh, is a request. Uh, I'll get into who it's for later. And uh, hopefully after we hear the, uh, the Smiths cover 
can't really say it's a Smith's cover because it's his song. He wrote half of it. Uh, after after Johnny Marr, we're probably going to hear uh, boom, boom, boom. What am I looking at here? Maybe some Swerve Driver. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. But uh, that that uh, shoegaze set is forthcoming. So maybe uh, after this, I might might get into the hat trick. We'll see what happens. <laughs> It's 
such a heavenly way to die And if a tantum truck kills the bone is mine There is a light and it never goes out There is a light and it never goes out There is a light and it never goes out There is a light Great job Manchester Thank you very much my darling
going stupid once again. That's uh, Paris Angels on uh, Sheer Joy Records from 1990. Uh, a single called All On You Perfume. Now, um, they've got some uh, new material-ish out, uh, and it's a free download. Uh, their album's called uh, Eclipse. It is by no means uh, brand spanking new, but it's uh, it's a freebie, and it's on their uh, on their Bandcamp site. Uh, and I put the link uh, on the show notes, as I always do. So, if you want to go check it out now, parisangels.bandcamp.com. Go over shufty at that and see if you can uh, get that download into your uh, into your music playing software, whatever that you do nowadays. Um, anyway, so we heard that one, and uh, that's well documented. That is a tune and a half. And before that, we heard Johnny Marr. That's a request. That's for Melinda, and I don't know where she is. Didn't say in her email, but thank you. That's uh, from uh, Johnny Marr's uh, live record, which was released last year, called Adrenaline Baby. And, of course, that is that there is a light that never goes out uh, by an, an outfit called a Smith's. And before that, we heard The Fall. A lot of Manchester stuff this week is completely unintentional. Um, it really, really is, I can assure you. Uh, coming up next, another request. We're going to hear something by uh, by a band called uh, Blind Mr. Jones from uh, the Shoegaze Stable, if you like. Um, it's for Ian, and uh, I thank you, sir, for uh, being in touch and uh, and requesting said track. You can do the same thing, you know, nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. Uh, it's, it's available to you. It's an outlet that is well within your means so do if you want to hear something if you get uh, get bored with what i'm playing well you can curate some stuff of your own so just drop me a line and don't forget to follow us on all social media in terms of football bants um not an awful lot going on to be frank um i'm gonna have to wait till uh, we get into the thick of the season which is imminent of course uh, what the charity shield just just uh, well we're counting the charity shield uh, being away uh, in, in terms of days not weeks now so uh, the football season is very much uh, all but upon us, uh, as uh, is the moronics of the transfer market. Uh, much of the same going on this week. So silly money being bandied about. Poor Pogba still uh, on the cusp of a $120 million euro move, which still blows my little mind uh, that anyone would pay that amount of money for a football player. Don't care how good he is. Um, so, I've waffled on enough. I'm going to get to that request by um, Blind Mr. Jones. And not a huge amount of stuff coming up in terms of musical content for the remainder of the programme because uh, the lion's share of what's left in terms of the uh, the programme is going to be occupied by Conrad Lambert uh, uh, talking to myself, uh, a chat that we had earlier this week from his home in Switzerland. So that is forthcoming. Uh, the tracks that we're going to hear in order now, we're going to go and uh, hear this tune by Blind Mr Jones and then we're going to get into something from uh, a wonderful artist, uh, Evan Johansson. I'll have a chit-chat and then I'll get to the, the nitty-gritty of uh, the shoegaze hat-trick.
to him all day. That's uh, Evan Johansson, uh, who often goes under the moniker of Magnet from his uh, second LP released in uh, 2003 called On Your Side. That's a single called uh, Where Happiness Lives. He spent a lot of time in Scotland, but uh, he's, he's Norwegian. And uh, as I say, five, five albums, lovely, lovely songwriter. And uh, I'm uh, enamoured with him. Uh, haven't seen him live. The closest I got to seeing him live was jumping into a car with Eric uh, a few years ago, uh, driving to Montreal, and uh, finding out that uh, the gig had been postponed. Uh, had some uh, some dodgy chicken and drove drove all the way home again. So, uh, if I get half a chance to see Evan Johansson, I will take it, and so should you. Um, it's that time of the show where.
gosh, that's annoying, isn't it? But uh, we all had to uh, we all had to put up with that noise for a long old while, a noise that my kids aren't remotely familiar with. So it's it's Tinterweb time, and it's uh, where I share with you a decent website of the week, either something that I uh, use myself, something I've stumbled upon, something that I've just happened upon by pure chance. Um, this uh, this particular website. It's another one of these uh, Facebook pages, of which we have one for a near-perfect pitch. This is for Indie Rocks UK, and you can follow them at Indie Rocks UK uh, on uh, on the old uh, Twitter as well. Um, it is it's a radio station show on uh, Salford City Radio, uh, 94.4 FM, if you're in the area. If not, uh, SalfordCityRadio.org. And uh, just a great little uh, little show. Uh, if little is the word, probably not, probably bigger than mine. Um, but uh, a great resource for, for new and independent music, uh, giving uh, giving uh, airtime to, to a lot of bands that you wouldn't ordinarily hear on mainstream radio. Uh, and that includes the HEP and cool radio stations. Um, they're located at uh, facebook.com slash Indie Rocks UK. The link is on uh, the the, uh, the show notes, which always appear at nearperfectpitch.podbean.com. Uh, recently, uh, they actually uh, did a little feature here on uh, on Viola Beach. Uh, they're looking at uh, some festivals here at uh, Party in the Pines Festival, which looks like it's going to be a whole load of fun. Definitely one where you should take your wellies. Um, so do look at it, look at it, like it, and. Uh, Check it regularly because it's a nice little website uh, page put together by the the peeps at uh, Salford uh, City Radio, specifically the show Indie Rocks. I do like it. Have a look at it and uh, press that button. Give it a thumbs up uh, and uh, your work is done. But visit it regularly because they seem to be uh, on the ball with, uh, with lots of fresh content, which is uh, the key to a good Facebook page. Um, it's a hat trick coming up next. A quick fire hat trick uh we're gonna hear some lush we're gonna hear some swerve driver i'm gonna hear some boo radley's Score 
comes the next one. Blondie was with me for a summer. He flirted like a maniac, but I wouldn't buy it. I'm weak and he was so persistent. He only had to have me because I put up a fight. Oh God, the boy had such an ego. He liked to talk about himself all day and all night. You such a lady killer. But you were nothing special till you turned out good like When he's nice to me, he's just nice to himself. And he's watching his reflection. I'm a fucking mirror for adoring himself. His seven years back luck.
That's Kaleidoscope. That's the Boo Radleys, and I could listen to that on repeat. Love the guitar work in that particular version. This is uh, from the first single on uh, Rough Trades before before they joined uh, uh, Creation, and uh, it was released in 1990. And uh, that's Kaleidoscope. Uh, love it, love it, love it. And before that, uh, in keeping with the shoegazy hat trick, we heard uh, something by Swerve Driver. Uh, from uh, 99th Dream, we heard the title track actually, and that was released. Uh, when was that released? Goodness knows, 1997. I'm going to guess at that one. Uh, and uh, Lush uh, with Lady Killers, not exactly shoegaze, but in that stable. There are intersecting sets in uh, musical genres, and uh, there's uh, lots of blurred lines as well. So that kind of kind of qualifies. So that was a that was a nice uh, shoegazy hat trick. I'm quite happy with that. Uh, not not uh, that I did anything in particular other than play play stuff for you, but uh, I like the selection. And what's that noise in the background? What do I hear? Oh, my word! That sounds like a body of water. That's the sea. Um, we have a feature that we uh, do every week here called GITS. It's an acronym for Get in the Sea. Uh, and uh, it's largely uh, just a nomination of uh, an idiot of the week. Uh, it could be uh, just, just basic stupidity. It could be uh, something in terms of uh, politics. It could be war. It could be any number of things. This week, it's not really, really uh, chronologically correct, but it is because I read it this week, so it kind of qualifies. Um, uh, what I'm referring to is uh, someone's put together a really nifty uh, compilation of, of quotes that uh, Kanye West has, uh, well, thrown up. Uh, and uh, I was reading through them, and, you know, as human beings, even if you are a gifted individual, uh, a modicum of humility is uh, is, is often is often uh, in, in order, and it's very much appreciated by by those on the receiving end. Um, if you're a talentless prat and you have a god complex, well, it's infinitely worse. So listen to some of these. It's it's just comedy gold. Here, okay. Uh, this is not album of the year. This is album of the life. That's him talking about his his, his latest record. Um, when you're the absolute best, you get hated on the most. Well, that, that may be uh, in, in his little mind. Visiting my mind is like visiting the Hermes factory. Shit is real. So, so he's, he's very, very eloquent and uh, he's very, very humble. I am God's vessel, but my greatest pain in life is that I will never be able to see myself perform live. What an absolute travesty. I don't even listen to rap. My apartment is too nice to listen to rap in. Over the bollocks that means i have this table in my new house it was some weird nouveau riche marble table and i hated it we would try to set up different things around it but it never really worked i realized that the table was my ego no matter what you put around it under it no matter who f- photographed it the the douchebaggery would always come through wow i feel like i'm too busy writing history to read it uh, I, I could go on indefinitely, just, just just a few more. I think what Kanye West is going to mean is something similar to what Steve Jobs means. I'm undoubtedly, you know, Steve of internet downtown fashion culture, period, by a long jump. He did backtrack on this one, though, saying that uh, comparing himself to Steve Jobs was too realistic of an idea. Wow. Fur pillows are hard to actually sleep on. Um, I'll give you one more. Michelle Obama 
cannot Instagram a pic like what my girl Instagrammed the other day. He calls Kim the most beautiful woman of all time. Wait a second, wait a second. I'm talking about arguably of human existence. The top 10 of human existence. Anyway, he's in, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to say the words that I want to say. But, you know, people like him are breathing oxygen while innocent people are getting shot down by police. It's, it's mind-blowing. Anyway, those people that have actually allowed him to make money, which means they're buying stuff he endorses or actually is making, is stunning. These people are to blame. And uh, if anything, this program is, is the antithesis of Kanye West, I, I'd like to think anyway. So that's, uh, that's uh, my Gits nomination this week. And I think an appropriate seed to chuck him in because it's really, really cold. Uh, and he won't, last, he won't last a few minutes in there. I reckon you should get into the Amundsen Sea up in Antarctica there. Really, really cold. That'll shrivel him up good and proper and hopefully shut him up for a little while. Um, next week doing a little bit of a teaser here. I'm delighted that uh, I'll uh, have an interview for you with Martin Stevenson, who I've been trying to uh, corral for quite some time. Um, We had a lovely chat uh, earlier this week as he was on his way uh, uh, back to the the Scottish Highlands, where he resides um, from his... uh, his hometown, Newcastle, had a lovely chat. One of the, the, the nicest human beings you will ever come across, whether you meet him on the street. I used to bump into him on Northumberland Street, uh, Street in Newcastle on occasion. Always had time for people. Um, he'll stay behind after gigs and talk to you. Uh, just listen to the interview next week. It's absolutely superb. Uh, needless to say, I've already done it, so that's, how, that's why I can comment on it. Um, and in a very, very similar vein... I had uh, the pleasure of reconnecting with uh, with Conrad Lambert, um, who's uh, actually called Mertz. That's his that's his uh, that's his name uh, for when he is uh, is performing. Um, Mertz are a are a band that are very 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 hard to to pigeonhole in any way, shape or form. Uh, Conrad um, has been making music his his whole life and comes from a very musical uh, uh, and artistic family. Uh, and uh, was nurtured as such, whereby he's uh, he's always known what he wants to do, and uh, that that's uh, that's a rare a rare treat for someone to be able to have the ability and, and want to uh, want to do something, and also have the uh, the ability to actually have have uh, the character to, to, to see it through. Um, I, I liken it to footballers who've got uh, got talent. I went to school a lot of people who had uh, professional football uh, talent, but just chose to drink instead and frittered it away. Uh, Conrad has nurtured his, his talent and uh, organically developed into a, uh, a world-renowned artist, uh, a very well-respected uh, musician, but not just a musician, it's the way that he, uh, he exercises his life, his, his business acumen and everything that uh, is associated with him, his music. Uh, uh, kudos to Conrad in, in every way, shape or form. We're going to be hearing uh, something uh, forthcoming from, uh, from Conrad uh, but before that, we're going to hear some Kitchens of Distinction uh, from, their, uh, from their third LP called The Death of Cool. We're going to hear something called uh, When in Heaven, which is uh, about Marilyn Monroe. So I've set you up nicely for, uh, for Mertz. So stay tuned uh, for an interview which, uh, which should be very, very uh, in- informative. And hopefully it will impel you to, to, to buy some of Conrad's material. Uh, I just can't uh, stress enough how... Uh, and the esteem in which I hold this chap. Anyway, you get the drift. So, uh, as I said, we're going to hear some kitchens of a distinction.
antidote The sister faith that you're being offered Release your will and give it to me I've got my eye upon your culture This is the life that you're being offered Won't be long before you give it to me1999's Debbie Long Player by Mertz on Epic Records. Um, that is a song and a single called 
lovely daughter. And uh, the album is subtitled, by the way. Uh, there are five albums since, including the latest, which came out uh, late last year. Uh, on Accidental Records uh, in November last year called uh, Thinking Like a Mountain. Um, From the uh, self-titled debut, uh, there was uh, quite a period uh, uh, of a world without Mertz in the recorded capacity at least until October uh, 2005 when uh, Conrad released Love Heart uh, to be... uh, to be followed by uh, Moi et Mon Camion uh, in uh, in February of 2008, and and then No Compass Will Find Home was uh, was the last record before uh, the latest record, and in between the, those two uh, there was a, a Julian Sartorius drum and vocal rendition a remix record of sorts. Uh, uh, no Com- No Compass Will Find Home as uh, as uh, well as tinkered with. Uh, by by Julian Sartorius, uh, who uh, you'll find out more about uh, in the interview. All that being said, all that being said, get your ears around this, and I'll be back to play some more Mertz after the interview. Dora? Yes. Hi, uh... Conrad. How are you, sir? Hey, been a long time. It's been an awful long time. It's been way too long. It's lovely to hear your voice. Yeah, you too. Really. And it's remar- remarkably clear, all things considered, as well. We're a, we're a long way away from each other right now. Now, are you are you actually in Bern at the minute? Yeah, I'm in Bern. Yeah, and and you're you're in Ottawa. Yes, I've been here for, for a long long old while. Yes, sir. And uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be for the for the uh, the foreseeable future with uh, what with the kids and everything. So uh, how how on earth are you? Let's let's just start with with you, the man, because uh, I've not seen you. I don't think since 1990, which is a ridiculously long time ago. Um, Did you figure that out? Because I, I, were you were actually maybe it was um, at one of your uncle's parties <laughs> at Dana's house. It was. It was. It was. The, it was at the old Dalesford uh, Road before they before they moved. Yeah. And and I I don't remember the the event, but uh, no doubt it was it was involving a load of uh, invitees and lots of food. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I remember that, and I think that was the last time I actually sh- saw uh, saw Jenks as well, uh, which has been. Uh, was he there too? I, I believe he was, but but my memory's not the best, Conrad. So, but, but I, I, I I tried to do some mental maths, and I think it was 1990, and uh, since then you've been uh, a very very busy chap, and. Me, me, in my capacity as a, as a guy who's always loved music, but recognised very early on that I had absolutely no aptitude in terms of being a musician. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I sort of opted to be be a DJ and and an audiophile and, and and become hobbyistic in terms of curating music, as it were, knowing fine well that I couldn't do it myself. I always, yeah. I always knew you had a talent because back in the days, of course, for, for the uninitiated, in in uh, for for people listening. Carnival Night was was the humble beginnings, and uh, uh, I'm ha- I'm happy to still have those uh, in my collection, uh, cassette uh, and, and vinyl, uh, unless I'm missing something. Um, so I recognised quite early that that um, you're very very good at what you do, uh, and, and it took you a long old while to, to to find your path, and uh, you've got quite quite a quite a very uh, very very diverse body of work since 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 you. You ventured out with with the eponymous record. So, if we yeah. could start again, I don't want to patronise you with, with with questions that might seem bog standard, but uh, a lot of the, the listenership 
aren't familiar with your work, and I want to make sure that, that I can familiarise everybody with uh, uh, with a very good cross section of what what it is uh, to be Mertz and what it is uh, about Conrad Lambert that uh, that is so special. Um, you've you've garnered throughout your your career, you've garnered very very consistent favourable press, which really is an anomaly. Um, that, that's that's a wonderful thing, and I'm pretty sure it's not clandestine that you're you're offering backhanders to people. This is le- <laughs> this this is legitimate. So uh, well, let, let's 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 talk about the first record. How did that actually come to pass? Just if you could just articulate that. Um, the first record came to pass over quite a long gestation period, I guess. That you know that's that's distinct against my other records because you know it being a debut it sort of it kind of uh it was the sort of gathering together of a lot of ideas that i was building up yeah over many years but i think when i look back at it now i think what's kind of significant about that record is that i was living in london at the time and um and that i was really immersed in the electronic music that was happening in london it in in the 90s from about 93 to 98 basically uh which is when i made the record um and when you look back at it now it was a real golden era for british electronic music um you know drum and bass was coming up from the jungle beginnings of you know the very kind of origin of jungle that was all happening and then a lot of crossover electronic music was happening um, with different kind of experiments merging different styles and Ninja Tunes labels really strong and uh, Mo Wax and Giles Peterson and all those guys and I mean uh, there was a lot going on but I was always a songwriter so what defines that record is the fact that I was a songwriter who was completely obsessed with the new uh, progressive electronic music that was happening in Britain at that time. So it's a merge of the two, really. Well, I think that's a very, very good uh, analogy. It was a very exciting time, and, and a lot of acts were, were fumbling to to actually uh, create music using using the tools that, that were so very, very popular at the time, and actually... Uh, fumbling to actually craft songs in in that medium, and you, you succeeded yeah. very very handily in that. Uh, and it was it was a, a metamorphosis, and there were there were, there were obviously uh, acts that were better at it than others. Um, it, it's a very difficult thing. It must be to over the course of uh, five years accrue uh, an even uh, longer period of, of of creativity, whereby the debut album is always is, is always uh, a unique record because it's an amalgam of a lot of uh, stuff that you've been working on since since goodness knows when. Um, yes. So, so the, the the tracks themselves. Is it fair to say that some of them had been brewing for, for for many many years in in their in their base formats? Yeah, I mean, actually, one of them. There's a there's a song called Starlight Night on that album, and yeah. I wrote that on uh, my family's piano when I was about fourteen or something like that. Wonderful. Uh, and it was just. Uh, it was it was just one of those kind of doodles on a piano when you're a kid, and it it stuck for some reason and it lasted. And um, I ended up transcribing it with the help of a of an orchestrator for an eighteen piece orchestra. Yeah. And and the the the, the 
the, the words themselves are from a, an English poet called Gerard Manley Hopkins. So, the, so there was no, you couldn't date the words really because he's one of the most famous English <laughs> yeah. poets ever. Yes. So that's always going to work. Yeah. But, um, but the melody was all mine and somehow it kind of worked. It was a naive little thing that I recorded on a cassette and it ended up being recorded by an 18 piece orchestra in London with some great arrangers and musicians and that was quite a, an amazing moment for me to mm. to know that that song had a genesis in just this kind of young naive adolescent and then it ends up on a on a major record that was that was pretty cool well it must have been must have been unbelievable to see that come to fruition I mean look, when, when, you, when you're responsible for something like that and, and you entrust your work to others um, it's a question that, that's going to sort of Pass pass through the, the work of the, the producers, uh, the session musicians. Your, your work is sacrosanct. When you're an artist, uh, you know it's it's your life and soul, your blood, sweat, and tears that you invest in your work. Um, when when you pass things over and and have them interpreted by, or you're trying to articulate what you want, is that something that you're very good at? I know a lot of uh, uh, songsmiths, as it were, which is a dying trade. Uh, have difficulty in passing off their work and, and having it interpreted by others or in terms of a collaboration with something as mundane as a studio session. Are, are you able to, to purvey and convey what you want and how you want to others? Well, I think it's it's a difficult thing for any uh, musician or songwriter, actually. Uh, I mean, especially songwriters, because um, you... Uh, you walk in a fine line between, um, you know, knowing that you have a vision and you want to see that vision fulfilled, but knowing that your your kind of knowledge is maybe not as fulfilled as some of the people around you, it, you know, their their knowledge maybe is greater and. You, it, that's a constant push and pull. Yes. Uh, particularly when you're starting out, really, is is knowing when to trust somebody who's actually had more experience than you in what they do, whether they're a producer, or an engineer, even an A and R man. But there's, you know, there's not many I would trust actually. Um, but there are some who are worth trusting if you can find them. <laughs> you're lucky. Um, yes. And then, I mean, kind of. And then also not wavering from your vision. You have to be stubborn and you have to have a vision. You have to know what you're doing beyond, you know, the big danger is some people just start out and all they know is that they just want to get a record contract or at worst, all they know is they just want to be on TV or be famous, you know? Yes. yes. And, and that's, that's where people slip up because if you don't know why you're doing it or what, what your primary motivation is, uh, then you're just going to go, you're going to get lost in the woods and go astray and uh, then you're at the mercy of everyone else's um, careers. You just get used to further other people's careers. You yeah, know? Yeah, and that happens a lot to a lot of musicians. So to a certain extent, you have, no, to a great extent, yeah. you have to be stubborn and have a vision. If you don't have a vision, you're lost. And also be possessive of, 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 of your vision, which is, it, it's hard to do. So is, is it fair to say that, that working with, uh, for instance, Matthew Herbert, that's been kind of, well, it's been a constant to, to, to quite a degree 
when you find these people that you can work with, you tend to stay with them. Is, is, that, is that fair to say? Yeah, that, that is fair to say, yeah. And in some ways, I've been lucky to have found good um, kind of compadres along the way and people who it's really clear that I should respect them and stick with them. And I've always had people like that throughout all the albums. And, um, and they all become friends too. You know, they're, they're, um, but there's not many of them, you know, there's the, but the ones that you meet and stick with are, are gold dust really. They're, Absolutely. they're, um, you know, I couldn't have done it without those people along the way really. And Matthew's my kind of latest, um, collaborator and, yeah. uh, I value, he's a kind of kindred, kindred spirit too, really. And I really value his whole outlook on what he does as a musician and as a person. And, um, uh, and uh, just he, he's, he's somebody who has enormous vision, you know, really far reaching. And I would imagine that helps push you and push you to your limits as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a wonderful, yeah, it's a wonderful organic byproduct when you can actually uh, forge friendships that last a lifetime as a result of uh, working with people during the course of your career, and being able to be on the same wavelength for however pathetic that cliche may be. It's it must be a wonderful thing to find that synergy and not to not have to sweat it, as it were, to have that understanding. Yeah, that that's why I say they're like gold dust, really. Yes. Um, you can meet you can meet a hundred people, and you might it just might not work with any of them, really. Um, whether they're band members or producers or you know studio people, and if but if you find somebody that it it really clicks with, whether they're you know a, coll a musical collaborator or a you know uh, even in the business end of things, uh, I, I, it's it's. Uh, that's what it's all about. You can't do it without those people. Yeah, surrounding yourself with good people to be able to bring out the best in yourself. And it's been very, very obvious in your career that, that and, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, in any way, shape or form, that you've aligned yourself with people that it's obvious to the listener that you're in, harmony is probably the wrong word, but you're, you're in alignment and, and there's, a, there's an understanding and, and it's, it's wonderful to hear as a, as, a, as a fan, to hear the work because uh, for you, you're immersed in it. It is so unbelievably subjective that uh, you'll never be able to have the, the objectivity of a, of, of a listener, which well, which is about the only thing that you can't attest to be able to do. Um, and, and it must be lovely getting this feedback because I, I, I read the reviews much like everybody else, but they're from such diverse uh, digital and traditional institutions uh, but they're kind of uniform in, in their praise for you. And, and the theme throughout the whole thing is that you're sticking to your guns and, and, and you're writing beautifully crafted songs, which is a dying art form. I'm a massive fan of, of, of songsmiths such as you know, Michael Head, who's used to be Pale Fountain, Shaq, uh, Michael Head and the Strands, and, and yeah. actual the, the craft of songwriting. Uh, yeah. Even though you extrapolate it very cleverly into the world of uh, electronic, not to say that you uh, eschew, you know, guitars and strings, uh, you, you've managed to do something that is very difficult that, that, that many others have failed at miserably. Um, also, you've moved around a lot, to say the least, Conrad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Wakefield, Huddersfield, Bristol, Plymouth, Bath to Burn. Uh, am I missing anything? Well, that, that's just my kind of 
long-term residences, really. I've <laughs> yes. Tra- I've travelled to, I think it's almost 50 countries now. I think it's... My word. more by this point, over 50 countries. And, you know, and spent, and done some really interesting musical projects in very unusual parts of the world, you know. But, um, and that's all part of my CV too, really. Just uh, outside of the music industry, as we know it. Um, but I have lived in many different places, yeah. I mean, that's a good thing for a musician, especially a good thing for a songwriter, because, uh, you know, you always need kind of um, seismic shifts in order to start a new era of songs. You, c- I just don't know how you could sit in the same place year after year after year and keep writing songs, you know. I don't know where the ideas come from if you're just in the same environment. Yeah. Only changing your environment uh, or, or just changing your entire life experience um, is what what is where you get material for your songs. Oh, you, must, you must be just... It, it, the difference is chalk and cheese. St- staying in Huddersfield and, and uh, <laughs> you, you would have written you would have written undoubtedly good songs, but uh, having a passport with 50 stamps in it is certainly going to uh, uh, increase your... Uh, <laughs> well, it's going to increase the pot of... Uh, of, of being able to dip into and be able to, to find your influences and, f- and find subject matter. Now, when, when you are in Switzerland, when you're not touring, is it, is it safe to say that at least for the next little while that it's home? Switzerland? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because I'm married and my wife has got a job here, so she's got a kind of regular day-in, day-out job. So... Um, I'm glad you didn't say real job because a lot of musicians say they got a real job and, and, and do themselves a disservice. What the the, the um, yeah, well, exactly, yeah. No, did did I not say that? Good. Um, yeah. See, it's instinctive. <laughs> I would never question what I do. You it. have a real job, and there's no there's no if sands or buts. So so yeah. But so so Switzerland itself, obviously, it's not Huddersfield, nor is it Bath, nor is it. Uh, nor is it Plymouth or Bristol or Wakefield. Um, it must have its own intrinsic uh, beauty. Uh, I can, I've never been there. I can only compare to the majesty of, uh, of uh, Western Canada, which I've been lucky enough to see on several occasions. Um, yeah. uh, it, it must be a wonderful place to, uh, to breathe in the air, feel like you're actually living and, and, and feel the creative, uh, the, the creative uh, forces inside you. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing is about... Moving here was, you know, I followed my wife here and I had no kind of conception of what it would be like musically and it's not known as being a, a fruitful music nation and, um, and I've ended up meeting some incredibly creative people here, really, uh, 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 really su- super talented musicians and, and some really interesting um, creative people who have a very good attitude actually and I like the fact that it's it's outside of the music the British music industry which I really grew up in um, you actually find a freedom uh, a kind of freedom from sorry about all that noise no not a problem at all it sounds like you're in the thick the thick of it there it's a cap well it's a capital city that's another thing it is a capital city so there's a lot going on here. My studio is right in the heart of the city. So um, although it's a beautiful 
kind of peaceful Swiss town. All the usual things are kind of going down that happen in a capital city with politics and sport and yeah. Well, I live. I live in. I live in the same world. I live. I, I live in Ottawa, and yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of a nifty little balance. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But actually, just to finish my point, yeah, I was going please. to say, I really, I think, uh, in hindsight, the, the the strength of the British music industry, it actually hinders a lot of creativity in the musicians there because there's so much expectation yes. on people yes. to to hype themselves and to succeed in a certain way, which actually ends up compromising the freedom of their work. And quickly too, you know, there's an encouragement to, to, to succeed quickly as opposed to taking yeah. your time over it, which is exactly. the polar yeah. opposite to, to, to your, uh, your body yeah. of work. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's that interesting thing when you move away from your own country that you, you actually see, uh, you see it for what it is. And um, I've got, you know, I, you know I, I don't think the British music industry as it is, 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 is actually a positive force at no, all for no. the music that's being produced there. As you say, it kind of you get the occasional anomaly which which makes a success of a band or a movement that, but then it's it's quickly uh, snuffed out. You know. Yeah, and because people, they're waiting for the next thing. It, it's it's yeah. It's a. I've got a very similar viewpoint here, and you know, use the, use the vernacular, see, you know, seeing it for what it is. Well, the music yeah. industry is not the best friend of the musicians. It's the best friend of uh, of selling copy yeah. and content, and uh, the musicians are a byproduct, and they always yeah. know that others are coming along, and they're never going to be short of content. So, um, it must very be well put. That well, I, I'm not sure. I can't remember what I said, but <laughs> but it's uh, uh, recording. So yeah, I'm recording. I can visit it posthumously, but it, 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 it's not it's not dissimilar to the to the British media and the British press in general. Uh, and it's very unhealthy and I'm very glad that you can disassociate yourself and be able to see the forest for the trees because it is a trap and even you know you've alluded to that word uh, earlier on and many musicians fall for it uh, they're, they're ill-advised they haven't got uh, the wherewithal to understand for whatever reason more, more often than not people do fall into the trap and their careers are usually uh, one album that's championed uh, uh, underperforming sophomoric effort and then they fizzle away and that happens more often than not and it's a shame it's a reality but uh, it's a part of how the machine uh, takes advantage of you spits you out and then moves on but you don't yeah. play that game so fair play to you thanks a lot no it's a, pl it's a pleasure it's the truth and uh, it might even be my greatest achievement well uh, in all honesty and you know I consider you a friend, although you're my friend by virtue of my cousin, and we've experienced a few things together. Um, yeah. Is I'm not a sycophant by any means, but it is a very, very hard world to navigate, having come from doing about 15, 20 years in the music industry myself. It's very, very hard to remain focused, very hard to remain true to your ideals, very, very difficult to not believe your own hype at the same time, and, and remain grounded. So... My hat goes off to you, and I speak to a lot of musicians, and uh, it is a very, very tough thing to do, which leads to my sort of next next question for you, is is the work-life balance, being a, being a family man, uh, and also being a, an artist that's meticulous and, and, and very busy, how are you How are you managing with the work-life balance, which is the, the oldest conundrum in the book, I think? Yeah, I think... Um, um 
I don't really see I don't really see being a musician or or kind of any any of the artists really as a as the same um, vocation as as you know a job which you're employed to do or even a self-employed business or something or actually it's more like a self-employed business than a than an employment than yes. employment it's really to put it more succinctly it's like it's it's a calling to to use a well-worn phrase or word rather and it, it you don't there's no balance it is your life yes and making music uh is it's what you do it's what i do <laughs> and i don't there's there's no question about balance it's just what you do and uh you don't you don't go you, you know it's if you're not doing it all the time and thinking about it all the time then then something's wrong in my opinion and you're doing it you're doing it wrong or you i don't know the real the really creative really progressive and um, ad advanced and talented um, musicians that I've been fortunate to work with, they they um, they don't switch off. No. And that doesn't really that, and that's not a bad thing. No, there's nothing wrong being with being totally vocational, provided those around you uh, effortlessly fit uh, fit the lifestyle. So yeah, that's it, the secret. That's the secret, and, and uh, you know I've got no I've got no magic wand for that, but. Yeah. Is, is is your wife musical, Conrad? She's not, but she has she has appeared on a couple of my records. Yeah, yeah, I was, that's, I was going to mention that. So, but that's exactly why she appeared on the records because she wasn't musical, and she <laughs> and she was uh, she fitted a remit that I uh, that I was <laughs> after, you know, that naivety and uh, yeah, uh, and it worked out really great. The unsullied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, just. It's charming what she contributed to the records. Well, you've used but the word she's not musical. So, no. Oh, that's well, that's great because because you know, there's there's the, the word naivety you've used a few times, but for good reason. And and there's a beautiful naivety uh, with with uh, uh, be, being an observer as opposed to an artist myself. Uh, I would never ever call myself an artist. Uh, I, I I witness I witness uh, other people's work, and and it's a wonderful thing. To see uh, something bear fruit that is it, that is actually uh, due to the naivety, because uh, that's why people's first albums are, are wonderful things to uh, uh, to explore. It, it usually is, as, as we talked about before, not so much a patchwork, but it's uh, an amalgam of a lot of uh, years prior that make your first long player. But there's also that naivety because you're not you're not. Uh, uh, What's the word? Jaded by the industry, you're, you're, you've got the wonderful, a wonderful uh, level of ignorance in, in, in its nicest form, uh, yeah. and and you haven't uh, experienced the music industry full throttle to, to to have it take away from your actual vocational, uh, well, an innate yeah. pure pure yeah. pure motivation. So it's a it's a wonderful thing, and, and it's very hard though. So you know your first record, it, it was received very very well. Then there was a sabbatical. Uh -huh. Now, was it was was the sabbatical five years? It uh, yeah, I guess it was. It wasn't really sabbatical either. No, no, that, that doesn't suggest that you were doing Sweet Fanny Adams, but it's okay. but, but there's not. That's between releases. In, in terms of me being a selfish buying uh, fan, 
that there's yeah. a five, there's a five year gap. Yeah. What, yeah. what was going on briefly? Because goodness knows you could. I'm sure you could talk an awful long time about it. But but that five years must have been really formative. You must have. You must have uh, evolved, and an awful lot must have happened in in those five years. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I mean, there's definitely a big story in there, really, because it was kind of. It was the fallout. It was the sort of. Um, it was the the sort of. Yeah, the fallout of being hyped by the British music industry and um, kind of trying to find my feet again after. The sort of headiness of of the um, the hype that I found myself a part of, yeah, and um, and it was really trying to. It was a good. It was a healthy time to re re kind of. Um, uh, I don't know. Just find find uh, a sense of myself and what I was doing and to know which way the music was gonna gonna head and the reason it was five years um, was mainly because I actually did make a record I made a record after about two years and I ended up not liking it I, I realized it wasn't really what I wanted to do it wasn't the direction I wanted to be taking after my first album so I shelved it and pretty much started from scratch and made started making the second album Love Heart with um so it was kind of you know there's a record in the middle there that ne never got to be heard so that's the all know, part of the process though Conrad it was all part of the process yeah yeah cuz cuz to, to the uninitiated or if you're just just skimming over it it looked like you did uh, for want of a better expression it looked like you did a bit of a Lord Lucan but uh, it, it, it was it was actually uh, nothing nothing of the kind. So, no. any, well, any... it sort of was. Sorry, Conrad. It sort of was. Well, it, it, it sort of was. <laughs> a sort of Lord Lucan. That's a new yeah, a new, a new phrase. But this this I mean, this shelved second record. Did 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 any of the fruits of what uh, ended up on that uh, end up seeing light of day in different forms or uh, different versions in in in, in later work? Yeah, there are there are two seven inches that I put out at that time, which have kind of three of the tracks on it, and so you know if people really want to hear what I was up to in that in those lost years, um, those seven inches give a give a bit of a clue, but not entirely. And there, there is there are bits and pieces around there. Um, you have to cobble yeah. them together, though, don't you? It's, it's a, you have to really sniff them out because they're not they're yeah. not that obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's okay, you know. <laughs> keep, um, <laughs> us keep us on our toes. That's for sure. I mean, I, I, the only thing I'd say in conclusion about that time is really, um, I that was in my time of survival because. I really was hyped on the first album. There's, you know, there's that's a whole other story. But yes, um, but that was the time I survived because most bands that go through what I went through, uh, you never hear from them again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, the, and the music industry failed to kill me. So uh, and that, so that's a significant time in my career where I re-emerged. You know, phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> yeah, you've got some kind of formulaic resistance to the industry that you need to bottle. It's a uh, it, yeah. it's, it's very, very admirable, but as you quite rightly say, many people fall foul, and uh, yeah. 
you know, after, after the uh, you know, after walking away from Epic and and, and uh, going through the process of a shelf second record and and, and learning organically and and uh, obviously putting that time to very very good use, the second record came out and uh, that was that was received very very well to say the least. Yeah. Um, um, was it everything that you hoped it would be after all that immense uh, amount of time, energy, sweat, tears that you'd spent on it? Were you, were you happy with, with, with the end product? Yeah, really. I, I was. I was, actually, yeah. And it was... Um, there's a real vision behind that album. There's many... There's, there's, there's many sort of um, things I wanted to achieve with it that, that I saw through. And, you know, some I get feedback online from people saying it's my best album and... Yeah. Stuff. And and I think that's because it it has the the most clear um sort of um uh idea of what it is. It has an it, it has an identity that's recognizable to the listener and and it, yeah. and for want of a better expression, I I, I hate to bring up cliches, but it, it, it's a it's a proper album. Forgive me for saying yeah. that. Uh, you know, back back in back in the old days where you and I would fling on some vinyl and there'd be five songs on A and five songs on B. It, it yeah. it's as close to in my in my eyes as as as, as an album album, and, and I'm sure that probably is why it resonated with so many. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny how often um, often when you when it's a band or an artist makes it a really great album, often you can see that it's a good album from the artwork. You know, you can almost tell <laughs> when, a, when, a, when an artist has gone through a creative patch because that's it, the that's artwork it. is often really good too. And I don't know why that is a strange synergy, but I, you know, I, I think the Love Heart artwork, which was by a student called Nick White, is the best artwork I've ever had. I must admit, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, the, your, your work's always had wonderful aesthetic, which is, to me, it's synonymous with, with, with good work. I mean, you're not going to chuck something out in a brown paper bag. But, no. but, uh, yeah, but unless you're Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, unless you can afford, you can afford that luxury. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, the aesthetic is wonderful, always has been with your work. And, and, and I, I'm a big fan of, you know, the, the, the Vaughan Oliver 23 envelope 4AD. And, and, yeah. and I'm sure you like me, and I know you did, that, that yeah. you actually bought records because you go, oh, that sleeve's wonderful. It's got to be good. And, and we've, um, and by and large, you weren't disappointed. Uh, so I, yeah. I, 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 I one less question to ask you because you've already addressed it in terms of the aesthetic because it's yeah. always been a very important part of what you do. You've always been very, very uh, creative in, in your your formats in terms of how you release your work, whether it is a limited edition, whether it is uh, something immensely collectible. So you, you've spent a lot of time for, for the audiophile contingent of your fan base. I mean, if somebody wants to just buy the digital tracks and be happy with them on iTunes, then fair play. But if they want to invest in something physical, you've always satiated people that way as well, which I think is, uh, it's not often the case. So for collectors, it's a very, very good thing. And I'll try and, well, try, I will put up a series of links uh, in the show notes to, uh, to to highlight some of these, at least particular gems that you've put out over the, over the, the last uh, few years. Um, all this being said, and your success, you're not exactly uh, something that uh, my mum would be uttering over the kitchen table. Have you heard the new Mert signal? Um, and, and, I, and I mean, and I don't mean that with any disrespect. Uh, I'm just saying it, it's not mainstream per se. Um, wow. It's not easy to get an iTunes single of the week, Conrad. No, no, no. Well, no. 
Um, and the more suspicious amongst us would be saying, okay, who do you know in Cupertino at Apple? But <laughs> I know that's not the case. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get into that uh, clandestine. Uh, I know you're a bit of a dark horse, so we'll leave it at that. But, no, but I was just mainly kudos because it is a, it is a, a really big deal. To, to, to... I, don't, I just seem to appeal to people who are <laughs> in the music industry or in the music press more than I do to people who are outside it. Well, ridiculous, but it, I, I do understand what you're saying because from, from people who, whose opinions I value, I mean, it's fair to say I can count them on more than one hand, but whether it's Uncut or Mixed Mag, there are, there are, there are people who, whose opinions I endorse and, and, and whose opinions I trust. And you, you're, very, you're big in America <laughs> for some reason, um, <laughs> and it's a lovely thing, but uh, you know, KCRW love the bones of you, don't they? Yeah, they've been amazingly supportive um, for right since my first album, yeah. actually. Uh, great. Uh, yeah, the, I, I um, yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, I value, I really value people like that because, as you say, I, I've never really, uh, I've never really kind of garnered a huge audience or or even a you know, or even a medium audience. It's like... Uh, but it's a, I, it's a loyal, faithful and loving audience, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, well it is, and that, that makes it all worthwhile, you know. Um, so when, but when people, you know, when people do support me, I value them immensely, and I'm really grateful, you know. I don't know how it would be if, if to be a successful band, you can't really keep track of all the people that genuinely really do support you and uh, are genuinely passionate about your music, I guess. But when when you don't have a, a large audience, it's clearer to see that the people genuinely support you and are genuinely passionate. And that's that's the that's the most positive thing about uh, being in this situation. Yeah, I mean, anyone who buys one of your records wants to buy one of your records and, and we'll, we'll seek it out and we'll, we'll do as I yeah. do and, and, uh, and most others do in, in terms of sharing it. You want other people to hear this record and uh, your, growth yeah. has been, your growth has been wonderfully steady. Um, the, the new record, well, the newest record, new, saying it's brand new is, 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 is uh, an untruth, but uh, the latest record. Um, mm -hmm. could, could you tell us a bit about... Uh, how long that took from uh, concept to delivery, if you like? It was, um, it was, it was, it took about a year to make. Yeah. And then I worked with Matthew Herbert again on the mix side of it. He mixed it basically. Yeah. Um, but I was there in, with him in the studio and, and, um, and he kind of, he was the kind of, uh, he encouraged the record and was a good guide on it. Um, but actually, significantly, that record contains all, all my kind of current um, uh, valued collaborators, really. Yes. There's, there's two, no, three or four of the songs were written in collaboration with Shazad Ismaili, who's a New York-based musician. Yes. He's the multi-instrumentalist and a phenomenal, phenomenal musician. He's, he's somebody, a, a musician like no other, basically, uh, which defines all these 
people who I work with really, it, it, there's no one like Shazad. He's worked with so many musicians, you know, from the most famous to the unknown. And um, there's no one like him. The same can be said for Matthew Herbert. There's mm. really only one Matthew Herbert. He's got his own thing, his own, he's invented a whole concept behind his music and his vision is far-reaching, as I said before. And then the drummer, percussionist, sound artist, Julian Sartorius, who's based in Bern, he's someone I met here in Switzerland. Yes. He's also an incredible musician. I mean, he's a drummer, but he's, he's as much a musician as a drummer. You know, he's not, he can't be simply defined as a drummer. He's a, he's a, he's a really creative sound, sound creator. And um, I've done a lot of work with him the last five years, uh, just kind of working on many different levels. And we wrote one or two of the songs on the last album together, and he plays percussion and drums yeah. on the whole record. And then there's um, an Icelandic musician called Gida Valdesdotter. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's the Mum connection. Yeah, she used to, she's a family member of Mum. And um, we all, we're all interconnected somehow, you know, we've all introduced each other to, to each other, you know, Julian Sartorius works, now does work with Matthew Herbert and, you know, um, and Shazad works with Gida and Gida works with Julian and, you know, and it's all, we're all kind of a web of people that didn't know each other before, but, but know each other through each other. And, um, the, the, the rec this record, my latest record, it really features all those people. Yes. And um, I was happy to kind of collaborate with them and make that record as much as, as it being a Mertz record. So that, that really defines what Thinking Like a Mountain is as a record. Well, and personally, I think it's got the most depth of any of my records, you know, whether it appeals to people more or less than other Mertz records, that's that's a matter of taste, but I think it's the most deep record I've ever made. Yeah, it's it's got an awful lot of breadth, it really has, and, and uh, it, it's it's not like any of your other work, it's a definite, it's a progression, it's, it's recognisable, but it's, yeah. it's on a different level. Um, yeah. Was um, Dim, Dim Light and, uh, and uh, you and Pearson, were they doing post-production or just mixing? Yeah, actually, Dim, Dim Light's another musician that I met in Switzerland who, who is phenomenal. He's an incredible uh, electronic programmer-type musician. He's much more than just a, a kind of an electronic guy, really. You, got, don't see, you don't seem to collaborate with, with anyone who's unilateral. They've always got, they're always multi-talented people. Yeah, and, and I think I just value people who are, doing, who are looking ahead. Who are, who are at the forefront of music, um, because that's what interests me most, the idea that, that music is constantly evolving, as is the universe, you know, as is the earth and the world. Yes. And, and it, that's what interests me most, that while you're alive right now, you might as well be at the forefront of an evolving uh, art form or craft, and mine being music. So I'm, I'm attracted to people who... Are really at the forefront of of the evolving form of music, you know, not 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 necessarily the total total uh, way out there avant garde, but 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 at least people, you know, Dim Lights 
in the same kind of world as people like Flying Lotus and, you know, those kind of beat makers. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but for me, he's a, he shows more personality and more individuality than a lot of his peers. And um, and he, to answer your question, he he's done a few mixes for me, basically. We didn't collaborate creatively as songwriters, but... But he he did a mix on my my previous album and on this new album he did a mix too, and you and Pearson the same. He he's a British based electronic, pretty famous for being a DJ and a house guy. Yeah. And he he mixed um, four of my tracks from you know from his studio. I didn't work with him, um, but uh, he just kind of did the mix. Wonderful. So I just want to qualify what everybody did, because uh, there's a lot of collaborators which uh, yeah, which we've, we've which we've discussed. Now, now live live wise, Conrad, are, are you uh, performing at any uh, festivals or any anything forthcoming for you that you would like to highlight? I just finished. I just finished a bunch of um, shows. Actually, I did a tour in the UK a few weeks ago. Yeah, you just you must just have got back. Yeah, it's been quite yeah. recent. Yeah, yeah. D- I, I, I did just get back, and now I'm kind of, I'm kind of stopping shows for a while in order to focus on the new, the new work. Right. And I'm just about to release a, a four-track EP, but only to subscribers. I'm part of a, you know, I have a subscription service on Bandcamp. Yes, indeed. I'm encouraging people to sign up to be a subscriber. Uh, it's another way of trying to you know, survive really, uh, economically. And I released a, an eight track electronic album at the beginning of the year to subscribers yes. called Inc. And I'm about to release, I've just finished mixing for a four track EP, which I'm going to release to those subscribers, um, in about two or three weeks. Um, and then I'm going to be working on the new, the new kind of, uh, wider, release which would be the sixth Mertz album as it were yes and uh, do you think that uh, I'm obviously not going to hold you to task on this Conrad but will, you're probably looking at what an, an early 2018 for that um, yeah I mean it, yeah realistically yeah. yeah yeah but who knows it might even I mean some of the materials already underway yeah quite quite a lot of it actually um, so if I'm lucky, I might get it out next year, but but I doubt it. You never know, because I mean, you've got, you've, again, that's that's quite an awful lot to be concentrating on—a couple of EPs and, and, and a forthcoming full length—and uh, so yeah. not no not a massive likelihood of, of anyone seeing you live in in in, in the the short term. Um, nah. I'm bit, in, a, in a purely purely selfish capacity, uh, is there any chance on God's green earth that uh, you, you might have designs on on, on a North American jaunt? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, I mean, I'm taking a break with with my wife, and we're going to travel around the states in um, September. Oh, so, really? Good for you. Yeah, but I mean, that's just a that's just a long, long overdue a break, really. Um, yeah. So there's no kind of there's no gigs or any work being being done. But um, but I'm sure I'll meet a few while I'm there. I'll meet a few sort of um, industry friends and, you know, kind of put a few feelers out. Um, 
Well, any, anything, I, anything I can do for Canada, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a Skype call away. We'd love to see you over here. If there's, uh, yeah. yeah, but but I understand. I do understand. It, it is. It, it's obviously it's a massive undertaking, and I can certainly appreciate that. And uh, it's just just a question because I know that uh, that, that there'd be an, an awful lot of people, uh, Eastern Seaboard and, and and West Coast, who'd love to see you, especially. Yeah, I've played a few times in the states. Yeah. Played a few festivals, but not not as often as I'd want to do. So I do intend to do do that more in the future. Well, please and, please make sure you add Canada because if you if because yeah. Ottawa, well you've got you've got you've got a place to stay here. But uh, right. if, if anyone's in the in the Buffalo, New York, Chicago area to to, to come to Toronto, Montreal, or Ottawa, it's not a massive uh, departure. So it's it's just just worth contemplating. As I say, okay. it's pure it's purely purely for for, for my own. <laughs> for my own self-interest to be able to see you live over here. Um, um, is there anything that you'd like to that I've missed that you might want to uh, in, inform the listenership of, Corinne, in terms of what uh, what can be coming their way from yourself and Mertz? Well, I mean, I mean, it's uh, it's it's funny times really for music releasing because there's so many ways of putting music out now, and we're, the music industry is is quite fluid in terms of people experimenting with with uh, releasing stuff in order to compensate for people not buying as many products. Yes. So um so I often think my my current release schedule it even baffles me sometimes because <laughs> I have have got this new album Thinking Like a Mountain is my last Mertz album and it's and that's the one I want. I want people to listen to that record, and um, you know I'm really proud of it. And it's got some amazing collaborators on it. And but you know since then I've released an eight-track album, yep. of, which is largely electronic uh, and quite minimal, de- deliberately minimal vocals. And and I'm about to release a new EP. Um, so you know people might get a bit confused about all the stuff that's coming out I mean I don't know maybe it's maybe that's it's good that there's a regular output from me but what I'd like to draw people's attention to not only my last album Thinking Like a Mountain but also the subscription yes because it's a great it is a great way to support musicians and make sure they can survive and keep making the music in pretty difficult times frankly and and also the fact that it's on Bandcamp, which is a great music service that I really that I really support, and um, uh, it's it needs as many customers as it can get because it's a good thing right now. I'm very glad you said that. A big big fan of of, of Bandcamp, and, and also yeah. it, it's it's fairness for musicians as opposed to the Spotify's and the iTunes of this world. Um, same, the same can be said for Pledge, which is glorified. Yeah. Uh, glorified crowdfunding, but Bandcamp is a little bit more articulate. But it's a wonderful way to engage your fan base. It is the surefire way to uh, to, to to know that you're not missing a trick. Uh, so yeah. I, I'll make sure that I uh, rearticulate that to, to all concerned. We'll be playing a few tracks to feature f- feature the record, of course. Great. And uh, I'm just so happy that we had this opportunity to talk and, and allow you you to talk about uh, your work, which. Is long overdue, and, and uh, on a personal level, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you again. Uh, you're, you're lovely. You're a lovely human being. It's lovely. It's lovely to, to reconnected with you, and I, and I do appreciate that. Yeah, likewise, Dara. Really, it's been great to hear your voice. Really, 
fantastic. Well, hopefully I'll see you uh, some, <laughs> somewhere. It's either going to be Switzerland, the UK or, or, or North America, but uh, hopefully that's sooner than later. And you know, I, my, wife, my wife was born in BC. Yes, I, I did know that. So she was born in British yeah. Columbia, yeah. Well, and and we've, we're well overdue a visit to, to Canada, so I'm sure... Well, I'm stagger sure it, Conrad, yeah. stagger it. So if you go on the West Coast, stagger it by landing here first or land here on the way back. Either way, it'd be lovely to see you. Yeah, it'd be great. And I've got one last question for you, which is completely uh, off, off topic. It's, it, it's hypothetical. Yeah. And uh, it's just for a feature that we do on the programme. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's say that hypothetically you're around my place with your lovely wife and we're, and we're having a cup of tea and I, and I, and I, and I whisk out the biscuit tin. <laughs> What, what's what's Conrad? What's Conrad hoping is in that biscuit tin? Let's let's it's safe to say that I've got every biscuit under God's green earth, but you can only choose one. Uh, you, my my answer is going to sound so Eurocentric and <laughs> even pretentious to some people, but there's a there's a biscuit that's made in Seville, Spain, and and it's 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 called a torta. And they put little little aniseed seeds in it. Yeah. And um, it's just it's baked with sugar and aniseed, and every single one is different. You know how most biscuits, every single biscuit in every packet is identical. Yeah, they're clones, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're clones. The thing I like about these Spanish biscuits, I mean, they're not pretentious at all because they're made. They've been made for centuries in this tiny village, you know, and. Um, and uh, artisan biscuits. <laughs> artisan biscuits. Okay. Every single one is different. Every single one is different, and I absolutely I start every, virtually every day of my life. I start with black coffee, no sugar, and one of these these torta biscuits from Seville with with aniseed in them, and that's that's my. That's my daily routine, basically. Wow, we've got a little bit of an insight into your morning habits. Um, I, yeah. uh, you forced me into putting another column into my Excel Excel chart now, so I'm going to have to find a, a nice image of this torta biscuit, and I'm going to have to snag myself and see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, I highly recommend them. I mean, Look. I found them in England, and now I found them in Switzerland, so they must be getting around a bit. Well, if they're, if they're listening, your check might be in the post. Who knows? <laughs> that's, that's not a bad plug. A lifetime supply of those. <laughs> lifetime supply of torta biscuits. Yeah. Well, Conrad, mate, listen, it's it's a it's an absolute pleasure. I, I'll uh, I'll reach out uh, via email once uh, the podcast is up, sir, and uh, and I'll be in touch. All right, Darren. Thanks so much. My pleasure. All the best. Take care. Yeah, you too. Take Bye care. then. Bye. My oh my oh my, that was a great interview. Had a great time talking with Conrad. Thank you, sir, for all your time. I hope that you learned a lot more. Uh, my listening chums out there uh, and that you are uh, suitably impressed and will uh, purchase some merchandise. Uh, I, I must uh, I must point out that uh, that uh, Mertz are very, very active uh, on social media. Uh, the Facebook page, which I have uh, uh, cut and pasted to uh, the show notes for this particular for this particular week. Um, also, Bandcamp. Uh, I highly recommend following Mertz on Bandcamp. Uh, all of uh, the releases are, are there to be had. Uh, and including something if you've uh, been tuning into the Facebook page, uh, Conrad's had uh, 20 uh, concrete castings of, uh, uh, by, by sculptor Russell Coleman to uh, adorn uh, a very, very select view uh, 
of the CD cases for Thinking Like a Mountain. So uh, I'm not sure if they're all gone yet, but I think there's only 12 up for grabs. Uh, so do follow Conrad uh, and Mertz on, uh, on Facebook uh, and on Bandcamp. And you can, of course, also through his own URL, the band URL of Mertz.co.uk. So we did hear something from the first album before the interview. Uh, and to, to round things off this week, play something uh, from, from the new record. So stay tuned, listen to this, and I'll be back briefly to, uh, to say my goodbyes. outstanding stuff that is that's Mertz from the latest LP released towards the end of last year called Thinking Like a Mountain we heard a track called Oblivion and I've just been uh, digging a little deeper on the Bandcamp page here and uh, these wonderful 
concrete die-cast uh, sleeves uh, in all their glory are, uh, are showcased. Uh, I've even put a link on, uh, on the Facebook page here uh, for Near Perfect Pitch. Uh, just as a reminder, before I, I go, uh, you can uh, email me at nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Snapchat at Near Perf Pitch, SoundCloud, Facebook, Tumblr and Vimeo are all Near Perfect Pitch for the page monikers. Uh, and Instagram is at Near Perfect Pitch. iTunes, Google Play, Blurberry, Stitcher, TuneIn and nearperfectpitch.podbean.com is where you get all of the extensive notes and uh, show listings and all that business. So, that's 14. It's come to an end. Uh, had a nice time, I must admit. Beats doing the beats doing the gardening anyway, which I'll have to do when I get back home. All the best, and I will uh, be back next week for number fifteen. Tara.